So pretty much every single one of us has some sort of online membership. Most of them makes our lives easier in the realms of business, productivity, and even entertainment. But why is it that pretty much every single one of the subscription services out there are dishonest in their pricing? We're going to talk about all this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So today we're going to be talking all about an online membership. If you're pretty familiar with the program, you know that what I typically do is I'm going to be taking a specific type of business and then walking through some of the fundamental ways that we can make it good or even great or better than what we tend to see out there. And I didn't think that I could really talk about an online membership without touching specifically upon the pricing. So not everybody, but there are a lot of membership services or subscriptions or reoccurring services of some degree. Also SaaS companies, which would be software as a service, they have a bad habit of being what I like to consider dishonest with their pricing. Some people say, yeah, it's, it's, it's borderline. It's kind of marketing stuff or whatever. But I, I, the way I see it is that it's, it's just dishonest. There's no other way to look at it. And so similarly on that kind of topic, no, this episode isn't actually $19 a month bill or yes, $19 a month build yearly, but that is actually what you will find with so many software as a service type companies and or uh, just various online memberships. So online memberships are everywhere and they're great. They make our lives better because we've got places like Netflix or Disney Plus where you have access to a whole wide variety of media that you can consume on your own leisure or at your own time. And then you even have physical products now that we're starting to see kind of adopt this subscription model. And I actually had a guest on the podcast actually a couple years back by the name of Ann Janzer. She has a book called Subscription Marketing, where we talked all about some of the benefits of having a subscription model, not only for you as the business owner, but also for the customer. So another example that we brought up, I think within that episode, or I've talked about in the past before is one called Harry's. And I think Harry's is actually now available in like Target and Walmart. But when it first started, it was a a subscription service. And it was great because it's all a bunch of men's shaving stuff, right? So you got like the razors, you got the uh, the handle, and you got like the shaving cream and all the things you would need to shave with, except for that you and it was really high quality products. And then you would just have these things delivered to you on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. And then we saw more and more companies starting to adopt this model, and it's worked really well for them. But one of the problems, and I've seen this more consistently with SaaS companies, so I'm not going to throw every single uh, online membership under the bus. I will say this is more common with SaaS companies. But what I've seen so many different times is that people tend to be pretty dishonest with the way that they show their actual pricing. So I've actually got a couple here. Obviously, you can't really see my screen because this is, of course, an audio podcast. I'm not actually going to name the uh, companies that I'm looking at, but I've got three pricing pages open right now, or I'm technically actually opening them right now. But 
pricing pages that do this, and every single time it feels like I see a new software company open, I see them doing the same kind of dishonest thing. And it says this, so I'm on the page right now, and so for their pro version, it is $48 a month is what it says. And then some nice teeny tiny text that you can barely read right below that, it says build annually. So you might say, well, why is that dishonest? Well, because it's meant to kind of deceive the person into thinking that they're going to be paying $48 to sign up for this platform, right? When in fact, that's not what you're paying, you're paying uh, annually. You can kind of think of it this way. Think about if you went to a Best Buy and you're getting ready to buy a television and it for some random reason decided to divide the price of the television up by 12. And so you look at the price and it's like this beautiful, like, I don't know, 72 inch OLED display. And it, and it says it's $197 and you're like, Whoa, what? And then, uh, you look at some fine print right below that. And it says it with little asterisks and some text that you can barely read, um, build in 12 installments, right? Like, by the time you get to the cash register and you're looking at however that would be, I don't know, a little over a thousand, fifteen hundred. I don't know what the price would actually be because I'm terrible at math, but you know that you get the idea. So by the time you actually get to the cash register and you're looking at a thousand or several thousand dollars, would you not rightly be uh, upset with the cashier or the company? Like, why would you label this as and make it look like I'm go- or initially? seem as though I'm going to be paying this much smaller amount. It it would you'd consider it to be deceptive, right? And yet for whatever reason with a lot of these software companies it's become normal. So here's another one. This one's actually even more deceptive. So for example, it says for their recommended plan, uh it is six dollars and ninety-five cents per month. So you're like, whoa, seven bucks a, a month, that's a pretty good deal for what I'm getting here. Except for you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. And not only is it you're going to be paying for a year, you're not going to be paying for a year. That's the price if you're going to pay for three years. And there's a little teeny asterisk at the bottom that says this is the promotional price and for the first term only and renews at the regular rate. So it is 100%. It's even more deceptive than the other one in the sense that you're going to be paying $7 a month, build for three years, and that price only applies for the first month. So it's like, okay, we're getting pretty deceptive there. And then there's another one I found, which is a little bit more tame, but nevertheless still kind of follows the same suit, which is for their professional plan. It is $35 a month. And then of course, nice teeny text below there that says build yearly. Now, what I will say about this one is that they have a a button still kind of hard to see, but it says show monthly. So you can click on it and then it will actually show you the monthly pricing, which pops back up to $50. The reason why I think that this is deceptive is because you're te- you're telling people a price that is fake, right? I understand why they're doing it, right? So they're saying it's $35 a month, as opposed to if you are paying monthly, you're going to be paying $50 a month. But again, it's still deceptive, because you are not paying monthly. So again, I get the whole idea of we want this thing to, we want to demonstrate to our customers that they're going to be saving money 
if they buy the, the yearly plan. I understand that. However, you can demonstrate that at the same time while being honest. Like, here's the thing. If you wanted to make a comparison, that's totally fine. Then just right below the, the text somewhere, which almost nobody does, if you're going to show the difference in monthly price, if you were to break it down, uh, what somebody is saving uh, yearly as opposed to monthly, then that's fine. But just put the price tag, even if it's smaller, down below of what people will pay today. Because that's always what people want to know, right? So why hide it up until the point when we get to checkout? Okay, so I know I got off on a little bit of a tangent there. However, I just see this all over the place. And it's one of those things that I just don't think is necessary. Like, for example, over at Notable Themes, I've got something called Notable Pro, which people can subscribe to either, either quarterly or they can subscribe yearly. And what I do not do is I don't take the quarterly price and say, uh, you know, it's this price quarterly but billed yearly, right? I just say the quarterly price, which is I think off the top of my head 297 and then the yearly price is 497. And just be honest with it. And I've had multiple people tell me it's kind of nice and a breath of fresh air that you're just straightforward. Just tell people what the price is instead of trying to deceive them into thinking that it's cheaper than it really is. And a big part of that as well is a big emphasis upon actually focusing more on the value that you're delivering as opposed to the price because somebody will will always be cheaper than you. So it's a great idea, particularly in a market as competitive as a subscription service on the internet. It's going to behoove you greatly to just be honest and upfront with the price, get past that and focus upon the value that's going to be delivered. Okay, so today we are, like I said, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, a subscription or an online membership. I will be getting into the price a little bit more later. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to tell you about a software as a service company that actually is honest with their pricing. You can head on over to their pricing page and it tells you exactly how much it costs. And that is ConvertKit. ConvertKit is one of my all-time favorite tools for building an online business because they are an email marketing platform. And they make it super simple to tag your subscribers, to create simple squeeze and landing pages, to create automated workflows, to do pretty much anything and everything you would need in order to run your email marketing. ConvertKit has you covered. And the great news is that just recently ConvertKit actually created a totally free account that you can create for yourself. So there is now a a membership that is totally free. And then should you decide to want to unlock all of the features that ConvertKit has, it starts at $29 a month. And no, that is not billed yearly. It is billed monthly. Uh, so let's see, and they're honest with their pricing. But the great thing is that you can jump in there. You can create a landing page with their super simple and easy to use landing page builder. They've got tons of templates that you can choose from. And you can start building your email list today for free. So if you've listened to anything that I've created, either here on The Rightly Show or over on Rightly TV, you know well how important I think an email list is. And you can start building one absolutely free today. So if you'd like a totally free account or if you'd like to start a 30-day free trial of their professional version of ConvertKit, you can head on over to rightly.show slash ConvertKit. Again, head on over there and create a totally free account. Start testing it out to see if it's for you. Again, head on over to rightly.show slash ConvertKit. Have a question for the program? 
Call 844-RIGHTLY to record your question, and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. If you would rather write in, feel free to email show at rightlydesigned.com. So today's episode is, as it already has been, is going to be kind of different than some of the other ones. And that's because I'm going to have a number of asides and borderline tangents in this in this in the sense that uh, in the realm of software as a service, which is more of what I'm going to focus on today, you could apply a lot of what I'm talking about to a, any type of online membership. But I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on software as a service uh, because that's essentially a, it's something where I've, it's more kind of in line with the type of businesses that I interact with regularly and the type of business I'm kind of running myself uh, in varying degrees. So one of the things I wanted to mention as we kind of move on here are some do's and don'ts. And again, I'm going to talk about some more don'ts. We already talked about some of the SaaS companies out there who have a bad habit of kind of lying or being fairly deceptive about their pricing. But there are other examples of things that we don't want to do that go outside of even just the pricing. And that is asking the question, first off, is should this be a subscription model at all, right? Does it make sense for this to be reoccurring? The whole idea, let's use, for example, Netflix. Some people have argued that, you know, I kind of miss the days of Blockbuster when I could just walk into my local video store and then I could just rent a video, put it back, and I was done. Or alternatively, I had the option to head on out to Best Buy or Walmart or Fred Meyer or whatever company or business that you have around you, and you would just buy the DVD, you own it, and you can watch it whenever you want. So one of the complaints people have had about something like Netflix is that I, I can't really buy movies anymore, right? It, it's Even if you go and you buy the file from something like Apple TV or something like that, you don't necessarily own it, right? There isn't a physical disc sitting at your house that you can pop in any time. You're essentially renting the software or renting the movie from them indefinitely. Like at any point in time, obviously the company can choose to no longer carry that movie, at which point you can no longer watch it. However, the trade-off, of course, is that for that membership price, you have access, ongoing access to whatever is new, right? So it's a trade-off. It's one of those things where Sure, you're sacrificing the ability to be able to watch a specific movie, uh, you know, for as long as you want into the future. However, you're getting a continual stream of new movies and TV shows and content that you wouldn't get regularly if you're just buying them individually. And so depending on how much you watch and seeing that most people who have a Netflix subscription use it pretty regularly you're getting a better value than if you're going to go out there and you're going to spend $20, $30 on whatever a new DVD typically would cost or Blu-ray or whatever device. But a lot of software companies have decided to adopt the subscription model without that same trade-off. So one of my uh, the best examples I could think of of this is Adobe Creative Suite. So I'm one of these people, I've been using Photoshop since I was in like junior high. And so the whole idea with Photoshop was that you would buy the software and it'd usually come with an installation CD, pop it into your computer. There you go. You got a license that goes with it. You activate it and you're using your Photoshop and it's great. 
And then usually every year they would come out with a new version. And so either as an independent or as a business, you would sit there and you would make, you'd go through all the features and you'd make a decision. Is it really worth it to upgrade this year or could I hold out another year? And so it was, uh, the onus was on uh, Adobe to continually be improving the software to give you a reason to upgrade. Well, flash forward to today, there's no longer a CD, there's no longer a disc that they send to you or you go and you buy off the shelf, you subscribe to a membership service called Adobe Creative Suite. Now, there is some benefits in the sense that you get access if you pay for the full account, you get access to everything. But for most of us, myself included, you're only going to use a small handful of those in order to continually make use of your your uh your software that you're using or uh, take advantage of the membership itself. But the problem I've encountered is that Adobe, particularly in the realm of Photoshop, hasn't made any significant innovative changes within the last three years. And so what I'm currently paying for in order to be able to use Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator is significantly, I would say three, four times more than what I used to be paying Because now, essentially, I'm renting the software from them. I'm not buying it. I'm paying $49 a month to maintain my access to Photoshop, which not only have they not really improved it, they've started actually messing with a number of the hotkeys. And sometimes there's features that have been working for years that just break and stop working. So not only are they kind of not improving the software, they're actually... Uh, making it worse. They're breaking things and they're coming back and they're fixing them. And so I'm now paying significantly more for an inferior product. And so you might ask the question, okay, so then at what, so at that point, why did they switch to a subscription model? And I can't answer for the people of the company, but what I can tell you from my perspective is that it's a great way now to make more money off of your software. You're not actually making anything significantly better for the end user. You're just making more money off of them. And so then you ask the question, okay, so then how is it that Adobe is able to actually get a, how are they able to do that and to continue to succeed? Well, it's because the software that they're using or that we're using, such as Photoshop, InDesign, and Illustrator, and other people use things like Premiere or even Audition, the way you get away with it is that in order to open up an Adobe Photoshop file, you need Adobe Photoshop. Now, there are some pieces of software that can convert it into other pieces of software, but it's tough to get something that will do that consistently and do it well. So it's one of those things where I've been looking for Photoshop alternatives. I've tried to find them, uh, but it's again, it's very difficult because even if you do find something that you can switch to, it's difficult to be able to completely get rid of Photoshop because I've got literally thousands of Photoshop files on my computer and there's no guarantee that in the future I wouldn't need to be able to have access to them. So it's a unique situation. They're able to do that. However, if you are going to be starting your own software as a service company, it's important to keep in mind the question whether or not a subscription actually makes it better for your end user. Again, uh, if we're just charging extra for the sake of charging extra, that's not necessarily helpful. But in the say in the case of something like Netflix, sure, you're paying a monthly fee, but you're getting access to a whole lot more. Whereas for Adobe Creative Suite, you're just essentially paying more for the same thing. And so some might think, okay, so that's just the way it is in the realm of software, but it's actually not. So for example, there's 
another piece of software that I've been using for about four or five years now that's excellent. And I and uh, I use it all the time for wireframing out my UX and UI designs for a number of the websites that I'm building, and that is Sketch. Sketch is a fantastic piece of software. It's specifically for Mac, but it's so well designed. It's lightweight. It's easy to use. It connects with a number of uh, third-party services such as uh, InVision, which is a, a service that I upload my mockups to so that I can easily share them with my clients. It's a super simple, easy to use piece of software that can uh, really simply integrate with a number of other things. It's also lightning fast, such as, as opposed to a number of the Adobe products, which are, to me, they feel like they're continually getting slower and bulkier. The great thing about Sketch is, as well as it, it's just a one-time fee. You just pay for the software and it's done. And once every year or every two years or so, they'll come out with a new version of the software and they'll either they'll charge you the full price if you don't have Sketch or an upgrade fee, which again is fairly similar to what Adobe used to do. And it's great. And I actually find myself upgrading whether or not I like the new features just because I like the software so much I want to support the team who is doing it. And in addition to that, they've got a cloud service that you can pay a monthly fee for if you want. And again, it's a great tool to use if you want to. And from their business perspective, they're actually able to help maintain their company with a subscription service that actually at the end of the day benefits the customers as opposed to just gouging them because uh, it's possible to do so. And so there's two different types of software that we're going to be talking about when it comes to software as a service. The one that I'm going to be talking about today is going to be a website or a web app to which you have access. So there's two. The first is that, a website or a web app to which you have access, which is unlike the two that we just talked about. Or like the two that we talked about, it is going to be something that you download to your computer or your device, right? This is going to be some sort of app or it's going to be some sort of tool or software that you download either to your phone, your tablet, or to your desktop computer. And so one of the things that I would do as we're kind of we're kind of transitioning now into um, the actual process we would take for running this type of business is something that many have tried and many are doing, and it's worked out pretty well, and it's called a freemium model. And so I am actually in the process right now of developing my own web app that will eventually become a freemium model. And the freemium model is a pretty simple concept. It means that you've got a free version that anyone can sign up and use, and then they can always upgrade to the pro or to the paid version of that web app or gain access to it, for a monthly or yearly fee. And so right now I'm in the process of creating a SaaS uh, called LaunchLink. And so the whole idea behind LaunchLink is that it's going to be a home for all your links. So the whole idea is this, think about it this way. There's a lot of people out there who have an Instagram account and maybe a podcast or a YouTube channel, but what they don't have is a homepage, they don't have a website. And for some, maybe they don't need one or maybe they don't want one. And so the whole idea with LaunchLink is it can kind of be your homepage and uh, it'll be a place where people can add, um, they can go and grab their URL at launchlink.io. So it could be like a launchlink.io slash me. Um, it's not currently live, obviously, because I'm still in the pro- early processes of, of wireframing, designing and developing it. However, it'd be a place where they can snag the URL 
And then they can add that to the bio of all their social sites. So they can add it to their YouTube channel. They can add it to their Instagram account, to their Twitter profile, to their Facebook page. And that way it would be a place where people could go to link off to all the other places. So if you like their YouTube channel, for example, you can then uh, visit this launch link page that they developed and then they would be able to uh, easily access their podcast, for example, or, you know, maybe donate to them or sign up for something on Patreon or something else. So it's a great place for people to be able to treat as a homepage or even sign up for their email newsletter or something like that. You'll also be able to track stats. You'll be able to see which particular links are performing better than better than others, things like click-through rate, that sort of thing. And then this is a big one because there are other services I've seen out there like this that actually exist today, but there's the biggest thing about so many of them is they're just horribly, they're just ugly. They're just terrible to look at. They just, it just doesn't look good at all. And so what I would like to do is create one that is beautifully visually designed and it would be super easy to customize. You'd be able to customize the background image if you wanted to, change the color palette, even some of the typography would be changeable. And that would all be uh, available within the free account because a lot of times they actually charge you extra to be able to customize the thing. I would make that part of the free account. So as a part of the free account, you'd be able to do all the customization, all the typography, the color, all those. And then they would still be able to create that one page that uh, links to all the different places they'd be able to uh, pick or specify a particular icon that goes with that particular link. And it'd be in a grid format. So it'd be very Again, very pretty, very uh, user-friendly, nice big typography that they get to customize and change. And then also a part of the free version be, uh, to track basic stats. So people would be able to see, again, which ones are performing better than others. You can drag and drop to change the order, everything else. Then for the pro version, that's when we would have integration with things like their email marketing software or service. So they'd be able to accept an embed code from MailChimp or uh, alternatively, and hopefully something like ConvertKit, because that's the one that I always recommend. Um, but you'd be able to integrate your email marketing software. So you'd be able to capture email leads on that page as well. Uh, you'd also be able to embed maybe even like a welcome video or something like that. That would be an option with the pro version. And then you would also unla- uh, unlock a number of uh, unlimited link pages. So let's say you'll have your kind of launchlink.io standard link page where you would always default to, but you'd be able to do like, let's say that my launch link URL was launchlink.com or launchlink.io slash Thomas. Uh, I'd be able to create unlimited links. So it'd be like uh, launch link dot io slash thomas slash um podcast gear or something like that right so then it would link to another page that would list out all my favorite affiliate links to all my favorite podcast gear and you could create as many links like that as you wanted and again that would be the pro version and so then you'd be able to unlock a number of different link types as well as a bunch of other features that are only available in the pro version So why is the premium model uh, the direction that I would recommend and go? And the reason is because you get to accomplish two things at once. You get to deliver value to people to, you get to deliver value to anyone for free. And that's always a great thing, right? Because I think it's great, particularly in this kind of gig economy or where people, you know, are just starting out with their business or they're trying to create something out there on the web. 
being able to help people like that with your software, with your service is great, right? Nobody can just jump in there and download a version of Photoshop for free, right? I think they do it sometimes, offer free trials and that sort of thing. But if you're offering your software to someone who is just getting started, more than likely they're not actually producing an income with what they're creating. So if you can offer it to them for free or at least a big portion of it, they're able to get up and running and they're able to use the the value in what you've created in order to help them get up onto their feet. Then once they are actually starting to produce an income and they want to kind of start to grow that, then they can just upgrade to whatever they're currently using and it's going to be easy for them to pay for that. And so the great thing is that you've got a service that you're providing to people that's going to enable a bunch of people to use it for free funded by the people who pay, right? Because if this was free for everyone, you wouldn't really be able to maintain it as a business, at least not for very long. So the whole idea is by having a number of paid customers, you're going to be able to help people who are going to need to use it for free. So there's a number of other strategies that kind of go along with that. So what most people would do in most businesses, and I've even talked about this in the past with some other types of businesses, the normal route for promoting this would be create regular content and or run ads. And so for this individually, I may create some content at some point. So for example, I might talk about bits and pieces about it. I'm already kind of creating content by talking about it on the podcast, but I might do tutorials or something like that that demonstrate how to set up your launch link on my YouTube channel. But that's not necessarily going to be the focus. Instead, what I would do is rather than creating content and rather than running ads, I would probably do neither um, or ads, I should say, in you know the more generic or more normal or more uh, you know commonly used places as face such as Facebook or Google. But instead, what I would do is I would probably reach out and become a guest on podcasts to talk about it, Um, particularly influencers or small businesses or entrepreneurial type podcasts, see see about becoming a guest on those. Or alternatively, if being a guest isn't really a good fit, another option then in the ad space is that I would run ads, but specifically on podcasts. And I think that would be much more effective than running traditional ads for a number of different reasons. First and foremost, this is the type of thing that is going to fall in line with what a lot of small businesses would use or promote to their audience. And I think a podcast would be a great way to do it, particularly because setting up a free account with LaunchLink is going to be something that is super simple and that you can do just right there on your smartphone. The other thing that I'm going to work in and that I think would be helpful not only for people who pay but also for uh, actually promoting and building the software is an affiliate program for paid members. And so what this is going to do is for every single person that they refer, they're actually going to unlock a free month. So if they unlock so if they refer three friends to sign up through their affiliate link, they're going to get free a three months free of using the software because that one person who signs up is going to be endlessly more valuable as at the lifetime of the customer than that one month that I would be giving up, which will probably be like $9 a month, something like that for the actual pro version. The other thing that this does is it gets each paid member 
actively promoting it. And sometimes these people may even have like their own podcast or uh, actual distribution channel or email list that they'd want to share it through. So again, it's uh, a very small price to pay. You're not really actually losing month of, much of anything from the business perspective because all you're really doing is just giving away that free month. Uh, you're you're foregoing that $9 for something that could end up being much more valuable. So that's pretty much it. I just wanted to take you through kind of some of the ways that we could we could actually make a software as a service much more interesting while at the same time being honest with our pricing. So to kind of recap, one of the things that I would do or I'm planning on doing uh, for this particular software that I'm in the early, early stages of building is that I'm going to, again, make it freemium so anybody can sign up for free or you can pay $9 a month. Know that it's not $9 a month billed yearly because, again, we always want to be honest with our pricing. Um, but that's that's essentially the idea. And so if you're in the process of building out maybe your own software as a service or if you've got any, like you've got a number of courses or an online membership to where you offer ongoing access to uh, a wide variety or you know newly created content, that's one of the things that I would recommend to you is just be honest and upfront with your pricing and then just focus more upon the value that you're going to deliver to people. You don't have to follow the trend, which I don't know why, but everybody seems to be following the trend of kind of uh, here's your price billed yearly, uh, the monthly price billed yearly. You don't have to do that. You can be honest. And particularly if you are delivering something that is highly valuable, you don't have to worry about hiding the price because people are going to be more than willing to pay for that price. So that's it for this episode. As always, if you're finding The Rightly Show useful, head on over to rightly.show slash Apple and leave us a review over there. We always do appreciate it. Also, if you'd like to leave a comment or a question for the show that you'd like to have um, included in one of our episodes, feel free to head on over to rightly.show slash question. You can also call in and record a question there if you call in at 844-RIGHTLY. And until next time, Go out there and create a brand that is truly remarkable. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.